welcome to Cancer Conversations. I'm your host, Erica Matthews. I am a wife, mom, and wellness coach. I understand the trauma of getting a cancer diagnosis and the intense battle a person instantly steps into. This podcast is all about learning how to overcome adversity and how activating faith plays a key role in the outcomes we want to have. Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, welcome to a new episode. I am so excited to introduce my guest to you today. Her name is Corey Freeman, and she's going to share about her husband. And this, of course, this podcast is all about hope. Uh, Corey is a business executive coach, and she is also the host of Don't Ignore the Nudge podcast. We'll let her talk a little bit about that. And I'm just so excited to know you, Corey. And we met, gosh, what was it? Like two and a half years ago, maybe? Two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah. Right up there. Yeah. February. We probably met around May or April. Wow. So a little two, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Well, thanks for having me. It's so much fun. It's sort of, it's sort of neat to be on the other uh, receiving end of an interview on a podcast. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, how it all started. Uh, well, actually, I'll just share real quickly how you and I met. So okay, you and I met at the Cancer Center for Healing. We were both going there. You were supportive to your husband, which is why I brought you on. I love, love, love his story. It's such a massive story of hope and healing, which is what this podcast is all about. And then, of course, I was going through my wild journey there. And so you and I got to be connected. It was like an instant connection. Yeah. I think we're like-minded and both coaches and both love the Lord and all of that. So we were just like instantly connected. So I'm so glad to know you. Yeah. I just remember you, you were in the IV area and I was thinking, oh my gosh, I love her. Just your countenance, you know, your, your smile and your, the twinkle in your eye. And then you were just so I'm drawn to people and I'm, I'm wired the same way. So I just instantly loved you. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. Well, let's talk about what brought you to the cancer center for healing and how it all started. And And if I go down into too many tangents or too many little details, you tell me and I'll back out a little bit because I can, I can talk about this stuff. You know me, I can talk about health and wellness all day long. Um, so, uh, my husband, um, had over the years not been thrilled about getting a colonoscopy. And so um, like many people, they're told to get a stool test every once in a while just to check things. And, you know, oh, if you don't want to get that, you should have this test and they'd send it out. It's called, sometimes it's called um, the FIT test or the, or the Cologuard test. And so he was doing that. And he said, if I ever have any symptoms of any kind of thing going on, I will go in and I'll get a colonoscopy. But in the meantime, this is good. The doctor says, you know, I'm good. So uh, he had gotten gotten, um, this FIT test um, three years before it had shown negative. And within a year of diagnosis, he got another negative one. So he was feeling pretty good. You know, yeah, I'm doing well. And then he had shared with me, he had a tiny 
tiny, tiny, tiny bit of bleeding. And so he said, I want to go into the doctor and he was supposed to get a physical. And I want to tell people out there, number one, you're going to see where I'm going, but don't trust the stool test. Number two is really important is you can have all the blood work in the world and have a complete physical because a week before he was diagnosed, he had had a full physical with tons of blood work lipid panel, CBC, CMP, tons of stuff because it had been a while. They turned, they left no rock unturned, but it came out clean bill of health. And so because cancer does not always show up on the regular, you have to go into the tumor markers or the RGCC or, you know, something like that. So he went in and he told the doctor, I want to get a colonoscopy. And he was nervous. And the doctor goes, well, why are you nervous? And he goes, well, I don't want to die, you know? And he goes, oh, 90% of these kinds of cases, it's not that, um, you know, it, it's, it's hemorrhoids or something, you know, it's not usually that. So we went down, had the colonoscopy, and I went to go pick him up. And everybody else was being told, go around the building, you know, pull the car up, get your husband or whatever, pull the car up, get your wife. And they told me, go to the back and park. And I went, oh, that was sort of weird. And so in the parking lot, I parked and the phone rang and it was my regular physician. And I said, oh yeah, we're right here. We're just, we just got done. I'm picking him up right now. And he goes, that's why I'm calling. The doctor just called. Um, he actually does have cancer. And I about died. I was like, I'm looking at my husband as I'm walking up and he's in a chair, still a little bit woozy. And I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to have to just ruin like everything, you know, his, just his peace and everything. So I was having to walk up to him as I'm on the phone and the doctor, it was the other doctor that was there was ready to tell him. And I was thinking, oh no, <laughs> I'm going to tell him. And I said, oh, you know what? It's okay. I've, I'm on the phone to, you know, the other doctor, I'd like to talk to my husband for a minute. So I let him know. And he wasn't really surprised because I think he knew, you know, um, so fast forward in the six weeks we had to wait because this was during COVID, um, the six weeks before surgery, he felt led to go vegan overnight. Um, and he wasn't a big meat eater, but he just decided fruits and vegetables and everything, everything good. So he did. And I know this is probably not going to agree with everybody out there, but this is what he decided to do. Vegan. He quit diet soda overnight and he started doing intermittent fasting. So from 6, 8, 6 p.m. until noon the next day, every day he was doing 18 hours. When he got diagnosed, his tumor was two inches. By the time the surgery happened, it was only one inch. Mm. And that's all he did. He did not do any medical intervention. He did not do any chemo, no radiation, no nothing. That's all he did. Oh, and also he cut out everything that turns into sugar. So pasta, rice, potatoes, anything. He didn't do much sugar anyway, but no refined sugar. But in six weeks, we have CTs and MRIs to prove it on both ends and the surgical report. And the doctor, when he came out, he goes, it was like, this big in my hand. He goes, I was like, what's this? So people say food has nothing to do with it. And, and, you know, oh, soda's not a problem. And, oh, you can do whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter. It does matter. It, it does, does matter. And not to go too down the rabbit hole on this one either, but briefly we live right near a very major world-renowned hospital and I was thinking, you know, I was thinking more integrative because I had followed Chris Wark, who I've interviewed, such a sweet guy from Chris Beat Cancer. 
And I had interviewed him and I knew I've known of him and I followed him for like 20 years. My mom had cancer. So I already knew that I would love my husband to decide to go more integrative in the approach where you take a more um, building up the immune system instead of heavy chemo and stuff like that. So we went there and I'd already researched thousands of hours by this point when he first got diagnosed and they had said, um, oh, six months chemo. And I knew that wasn't the case, even if you went traditional. So I went, oh, thank you. And I was saying, okay, let's go to City of Hope next. So we went to City of Hope. And then they said, oh, three months chemo. And I went, you know, okay. And I am the researcher in the family. So my husband was leaning on me on that one. And I said to the doctor, I said, well, what do you do to build up the immune system to handle that? And he looked at me and he goes, well, you could do a vitamin D. And then I'm looking at him like, and, and he looked at me and said, well, um, a lot of people find that Tums after chemo helps because it has calcium and it helps you not get sick. And that just wasn't enough of an answer to me. (laughs) And I don't know. I know. Thank goodness. And, you know, and God's leading me the whole way and God's leading my husband the whole way. If he were on, he's more uh, like behind the, he does not like being in the limelight, but he doesn't mind me doing things like this interviews, but he will tell people that that having cancer was the best thing that ever happened to him. And I've heard people say this before and people say even the nurse after surgery he said that to her and and she's like what I've never heard a patient say that and he said because he always had been a believer been in church but he said he got so much closer to God during this time and has since too and and drawn closer to God God pulled him closer because you start realizing that the power isn't from you. The power is in God and Jesus. And you have to draw nearer to get the power that the Lord wants to give you to handle the stress, the fear, all of it. Right. So we ended up going to the cancer center for healing where I met you. And that's when, you know, we're throwing everything naturally at it. We did, um, he did because he did have positive lymph nodes. It was stage three B. So there were six positive lymph nodes. We did do low dose chemo. We did fast. We were the only ones there at the time that were fasting before and after chemo. And so they were kind of like, okay, that's fine. They were fine with it. But then, you know, since then, I'm sure they're, you know, letting people know to do that. Because mm-hmm. I'd known about Victor Longo's work with fasting. So we had him fast and I did everything with him, everything. Like when he went vegan, I went vegan when he oh. did, you know, when he did, you know, fasting the day before and after I did it with him when he'd be walking, I'd walk with him, you know, everything and except for chemo. I did not do that. So he did low dose chemo. We did, I, or he did IV curcumin, IV mistletoe. He does a lot of the things from crispy cancer, like the amla, the moringa. I put him in smoothies. He does veggie smoothies. He does some juices. He does, uh, he did UBI, which is the ultraviolet blood, I think it's called irritation, where they, uh, you know, they put the ultraviolet um, light through the blood and then they put it back in you and oxygenate it. He's done Ibu, which is extra... Corpulary blood uh, oxygenation and ozonation, I think it's called, um, which is basically what I say, like almost like dialysis for your blood. It's just getting all this stuff out and it oxygenates and ozonates your blood. He has been cancer free ever since surgery. 
He has clean PET scans. He has clean ultrasounds. The fear creeps in, you know, it does, but you just go back, you know, and it seems like every time he reads his Bible, God will give him something to hold on to, or he in quotes happens to come across a certain verse that is meaningful to him. But it, it, you know, for the women out there and the men are out there that are the spouses, it's not easy. And it, my husband from the very beginning said, we're going through cancer. It's not just, it's not just, you know, me going through this. Well, so let's talk about that for a little bit, because I know uh, not every couple is on the same page. I know Mm. myself with my husband, I'm like the, you know, resilient faith-filled, like ultra faith-filled. And then he, he's an engineer. So everything, if it doesn't, you know, add up on paper, he has a hard time like seeing it, you know, whereas I'm completely the opposite. And so, you know, it's been hard for him. I'm not going to lie. And so let's talk about that with you and your husband. Are you guys like totally aligned and can I think the same way? Well, I'm real detail oriented. He's not as much. I'm more like, for instance, people, a lot of times that don't have cancer will say, well, you know, you just need to trust God, you know, do you trust God, you know, because like if he goes into fear mode or, you know, comes out of it, puts it at the cross, like, okay, I'm going to relinquish this. I'm surrendering this worry and fear, but then he'll pick it back up because it is, it's, we're human still, right? We just pick it back up. And so people will say, well, don't you trust God? And he's told numerous people, well, I trust God completely, but you know, at times I worry that his will is that I'm not here anymore. (laughs) So, and he'll, you know, kind of smile when he says it, because it is, you know, that is, we're still human. We're still worried about, you know, mortality, even though like our pastor likes to say, I know where I'm going. I'm not afraid of going. I just don't want to be on the next train out. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love that because it is, you have faith in Christ, but we don't know the future and you just have to live obedient and obediently and do the things that you know are right as far as being obedient to God's word and his will. And then also remembering that our bodies are a temple of the Lord's and we're supposed to, as best we can, give our bodies what it's meant to have. You know, were we meant to eat Doritos with MSG? I hate to pick on Chick-fil-A, but Chick-fil-A with the MSG, not only in the breading, but also in the, in the seasoning in the chicken, I found out, is that the best for us? You know, and I, you know, I love Chick-fil-A. I I love it. I don't do it very often because we don't do meat, you know, I don't do it hardly ever. He doesn't really do it at all, but you know, we just have to know what God's best is for us and and the temple and, you know, and there's also people who have researched things and come to different conclusions. They've reached a conclusion that eggs aren't that bad. I've looked into eggs and the TMAO in eggs is, in my opinion, is a problem. And, And I have never met a colon cancer patient yet, including my husband, that has not been an eggaholic. Not to say that eggs cause cancer, but it does seem to exacerbate colon problems and colon cancer. And I can't tell you how many colon patients I've met down there that I'm like, okay, you know about the eggs, you know, and then they do the deep dive on their own and they come to their own conclusion. Interesting. You know? I've not heard yeah. that before. Yeah. Well, well, I can always send some stuff to you if you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm all about the science. I'm very detail oriented, very, it's the court reporter in me that I used to be a court reporter and. I've, I listened to probably 10 hours a week of medical from mm-hmm. MDs, NDs, integrative, 
you know, all different modalities, all different specialists. And so I just geek out on all the knowledge part of it and the research part of it. Mm. So, yeah. Have you, have you on your podcast talked at all about the root canal connection? That's coming. I'm waiting to find the the best person who can talk about that. I, of course, could share a little bit, but someone who could really talk about the connection. I was actually listening to, I'm not quite sure which doctor it was, but he was talking about how every single cancer patient of his, there's not one that did not have a root canal. Did you hear that? Well, I've heard, I did hear that there's a doctor in Europe that's a biological dentist that has never taken out a root canal in the last 20 years that was not abscessed and infected. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband, that's, I think that's one of the main reasons he developed it because eight years before his diagnosis, he had a root canal that just didn't feel right for a while afterwards, like within about a year for a while, it didn't feel right. And he kept going back, going back. And one of the first questions Dr. Keneally asked him was, do you have a root canal? And he said, yes. She goes, which side? He said, left. She says, which side is your cancer on? He said, left. Yep. Same. And, but right. Yeah. And the bummer is we thought, oh, we're doing this. We're doing this treatment. We're doing this IV. I'm not, I'm not going to do that yet. So he waited about a year, maybe even a year and a couple months. And he finally got it out and it was completely infected. And now they've done tracers through root canals that actually the dye goes straight to the woman's breast tumor or the man's colon or the woman's colon cancer and kind of stops there. The body's encapsulating that to protect the body. Mm. So um, I'm glad he has that out. Oh, I completely agree. And I've heard the exact same things. I feel like for mine, I was diagnosed six months after I got, it was the right side root canal and then right side ovarian cancer. And I feel like when I, you know, when I've talked to, um, you know, dentists who are not like biohacking dentists, they look at me like, uh, I've never heard that before. I've never heard of the connection. I'm like, well, you and I speak a different language. Okay. (laughs) You're not going to know the things that I know, but I mean, every ounce of research that I have personally read and heard about, and even exactly what you said, your husband's was infected. So mm-hmm. was mine. Mm. mine. So yeah. I got a bridge. Yeah. But isn't that yeah. And there's a, it's a bacteria called, usually it's a bacteria called fusobacterium mm-hmm. and that's the main culprit. But what's interesting is the documentary called the root cause is supposed to be phenomenal. I know all about it, but I've never watched it, but I keep hearing the root cause. I think I saw part of it at one point, but and, you know, this is this is where it all comes in. You know, people, they have to go as deep dive as they want and they have to look at it. But ultimately, your body's a temple and you try to get it as pure as you can in, with the knowledge you have. And maybe different doctors might disagree and you look into it. And so many people don't look deeper. They don't. They kind of just, oh, yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to trust that. And there's so many things medically that go on right now that, you know, people are finding out there's different ways to handle blood pressure without having surgery or, you know, just listened to an interview the other day where they wanted to take out 12 inches of somebody's colon because they said it was something and it ended up, they went to a naturopathic doctor who did a food sensitivity and it ended up being something that they were regularly eating and they were ready to take out part of this poor kid's colon 
And I forgot what it was he was eating, but it was something that was a really big problem for him. And it's just such a simple fix. And we're starting to, you know, do that kind of stuff. But I think people are waking up, but I I wish more people would, you know what I'm saying? Like, it seems like if you're, if you're in the conventional world and you stay kind of in, in that world, it only begin to wake up when their way doesn't work any longer. Mm -hmm. Then people are, you know, researchers and advocate. And I know everybody's on their own journey, but Mm -hmm. what I really want to empower people and which is why I love bringing on people like you with your husband's amazing story is that you were your own researcher. You were your own advocate. Mm-hmm. You partnered with the Holy Spirit. You mm-hmm. said, there's got to be another way. I'm going to, I'm going to figure out the root of this cancer, mm-hmm. um, which sounds and, like the root part of it. Yeah, it was. And what's really funny that you should say that is on the Friday when he was, it was um, in February. And when he first got diagnosed, it was a Friday and they immediately sent him for a CT scan at seven o'clock at night. We had a great doctor, got him in right away for a CT. Well, as you know, nothing happens till Monday. You don't get any results until Monday. So Saturday morning, I woke up really early. I'm on my phone. And because I am such a researcher factoid kind of personality, I'm in there in my office and I'm ready to Google um, natural cures to invasive colon cancer, right? I'm ready to like hit it hard. And it was so, I've only had this happen a few times. I mean, I feel God leading me and directing me. I mean, that's why my podcast is called Don't Ignore the Nudge. But on Saturday morning, I'm ready to hit like enter, like I'm ready to research and rock and roll on what I need to do and hear what I'm saying, what I need to do, what I want to research, what I'm going to do next. And that's fine. But in that still quiet moment in my office, it was almost like in my heart, my soul, I felt like I heard the words, put the phone down, you're not going to need this. Mm. And I was just a very calm and I'm like, oh, whoa. And this was not me because I'm in the middle of researching, right? I'm in the middle of going to Dr. Google, right? And Mm. so I did, I put the phone down. Um, didn't research any more on that. And since then, you know, we've had so many instances where we've met people that I know we were supposed to meet in this whole thing from a lady I met through Chris beat cancer, who was in Canada. She came down here for treatment and turn of events. A loved one of hers came to know the Lord through her journey. Right. And I remember her saying to me, um, if one person comes to the Lord because of my illness, it was worth it. And I found out recently that one per- at least one person did. And it was just crazy how that happened. And, you know, just people down there at the center talking to them. Um, sometimes people don't have much faith. They're in fear and, you know, pray with them, talk to them people reaching out to you. I can't tell you how many people have put people in touch with me because of, you know, the knowledge I have about cancer and or health. So, you know, and it, it's biblical. It, it says one of the reasons, you know, that one of the things that we're supposed to do with hardships is to help the next person that goes through it. And it was funny because I was telling Erica right before we started, I'm like, I brought my Bible in my office because I was thinking, okay, if we were talking about something, I want to look something up, I'll have it. And it was so funny because where I'm reading next, which is like after I do this taping, it's 2 Corinthians 3, 12. 
And it says, and it's Paul talking to the Corinthians, and he says, having therefore such a hope, we use great boldness in our speech. Mm. And I thought of you because you're being so bold in your speech because you have the hope and your podcast is all about hope. Yes. And I thought, oh my gosh, he just planted that one, like right where my Bible was open and I was cracking up because that's how good he is. He just doesn't stop. Doesn't stop. Wow. That's amazing. So from what was like, how long from, you know, start of a diagnosis to the end, like how long was this? Um, Well, in his case, because he had, he got diagnosed in February and um, it was towards the end. And so April 2nd, I think it was, was when he had his surgery. Once the tumor was removed, the one inch tumor, um, once it was removed and those six lymph nodes, then we all know, you know, you have to take care of the cancer, you know, that's still looking for a place to land, you know, the circulating tumor cells, the CTCs. And that is one reason why people out there, they always use the same terminology, say, they say when it came back with a vengeance. Well, it never really, you never took care of it completely to begin with. It didn't come back. You just, it didn't get taken care of completely. Chemo and radiation only takes care of the tumor itself, not the circulating tumor cells. So he's done everything since then. So technically he has been, you know, on scans and everything. He's been free of cancer since the day of surgery. It's been two and a half years. Mm. Um, So he had a clean PET scan. He's, you know, he did the, what they call the SOT through the RGCC. He did three of those. He's done a lot of, he still does like two vitamin C's a month. So it's just a matter of keeping it gone, you know? Right. So would you say it was like, he was clear within six months? Well, there's not, it depends on what you want to call clean. Cause it on, on the scene, there we go with the traditional and what I recommend to people, if they're really MD only allopathic medicine is the way to go. If they're in that camp, which is, I would not want to be all in that camp, unless I had a broken leg, I'd go to an allopathic doctor. But, um, I always tell people find somebody that's an MD and an ND or a MD who also embraces functional medicine. So it's integrative. So at least start there, maybe food sensitivities and, and finding out stuff that is still comfortable, like low dose chemo, where it's still using the same properties, but it's only 10% and they build your immune system up at the same time, if you have to have it. But anyway, if you are going by scans, then he has been clean since surgery, right? But if you're going by CTCs, it depends. Some people look at you as being cancer-free if you're between zero and one circulating tumor cell per, you know, 10 mil or one mil of blood or whatever it is. Um, And some people say, you know, a lot of the population that's cancer-free is between one and two. He, his last one, I think was at two point something, two point something per mil of blood, which means he does still have some circulating tumor cells floating, but we haven't had that in a while. We're due to get another CTC, but as of traditional medicine, he's been clean since surgery. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I remember Dr. Keneally telling me anything under three was the goal 
Oh, well, that's good to know. You're that that's great that you're telling me that because she might have told me that too. But I I remember somebody else saying between zero and one or up to two or something like that. And I'm like, oh, we're not quite there, you know. So, but I look at it. One thing that also I want to share is our three kids um are believers. And when we first went down there, you know, it is different. You know, you're basically saying, No, I'm not going to get this six months heavy duty, three months heavy duty chemo. We're going to do it more building up the immune system. And by doing so, he got rid of his Hashimoto's, by the way, he had Mm -hmm. Hashimoto's and it took completely, he doesn't have it anymore. So people say, oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you can get rid of that too. So a lot of his stuff was getting taken care of, you know, eczema gone, different things gone, but I wanted our daughter to understand what we were doing. It was important to me that I wanted to let them know, okay, this is the reason why we're doing it. And this is what we're doing. And I was really wanting to share a lot. And she so sweetly let me know. She said, mom, I am not counting on any treatment or anything or any pill to cure dad. I'm counting on God to cure dad. Yes. Isn't that great? Amazing. Yeah. And because we so forget, we're like, like I hear people like even on different um, Facebook groups or whatever. And if there's a protocol that's recommended, you need to do X, Y, Z. And there's so much stress involved. Like if somebody doesn't take a wrong, if they, oh no, I found out I was taking this supplement at night. It's supposed to be in the morning or, oh, I didn't do enough fruits and vegetables today. Or they get into a stress mode trying to be perfect. And it's a good reminder that ultimately the Lord wants you to put your hand, your life into his hands. Yeah. And that's the best place for it to be. Right. And so we need to embrace that first and foremost, above all other healing modalities. Yes. God gives us knowledge. God gives doctors um, abilities. He lets you know, natural things come like SEAC T that David does. He's always done SEAC T, which has great data behind it. It came out of Canada on um, the Indians and uh, a lady named Casey is the one that brought an Indian, gave it to her years ago. And it's Casey spelled backwards is why it's called SEAC. So he does SEAC T. Well, yes, that's great. God, you know, it's his creation. It came from a plant or all these different plants. However, it's still ultimately everything is in Christ's hands. Everything is in God's hands. And this Holy Spirit will lead you and direct you and guide you along the way. You know, one time he put it on my heart to talk to somebody at the cancer center. And I was like, really? You know, it was like out of the blue. And I hadn't thought about that person in weeks and weeks and weeks and hadn't seen them in weeks. And I felt like God was urging me to talk to them. And it was like, this person needs to know about God. That's what was, I, felt I like remember was you telling me that. You're yeah. Not- I did a whole episode on it. I had to change the person's name, but, wow. and then when we went down there that day, he was right there in front of me. Wow. And, uh, I was like, okay, David, hold my stuff. I'm going to go. <laughs> and it wasn't like I hit him over the head with faith. Like, Oh, you know, do you know who your Lord and savior is? It wasn't like that at all. It was just like, okay, this is what happened to me. I was not minding my own business. And all of a sudden I, It was like, God was telling me, I need to talk to you that you need, I need to talk to you about, you know, God. And he was just floored because he had a whole background. I won't go into it, but it was just, God's used this journey 
in such remarkable ways. And also he's been really good in convicting me that I have absolutely no control. Oh, absolutely no control. Because if we go to a hot, like when my mom is in the hospital, if a nurse is going to give him two pills instead of one, one instead of two, if David's going to have a reaction to a medication, or if David's going to have more fear that day and I have to go into cheerleading mode, or if, you know, he doesn't understand one of the reasons why he's taking something and I need to explain it all, you know, or maybe explain it again. Um, it's like, God's reminding me that it is all about God, not me. It's not me. I mean, I call myself my husband's health sous chef because, you know, I'm kind of the orchestrator of different things, but it's ultimately, you know, we're both surrendering to God you know, and God's will. Let's pause from this episode because I want to share about my wellness strategy sessions. If you didn't know I offer this, then definitely listen in. I created these sessions because I did not know someone who had the knowledge that I wanted, someone who had been down a similar path as me, and someone who would provide the prayer support that I was looking for when I got diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer. Basically, I wanted someone who would help shortcut my journey. So in our sessions, we will take a deep dive into your current wellness plan, your lifestyle, and your protocol. We will develop a vision for optimal health. We will teach you how to stop living in fear and start feeling confident in your journey because fear plays a huge part and not a good part. We will also teach you how to uncover beliefs, blocks, and behaviors that prevent you from living the life that you desire. So here's a couple questions to ask yourself. Do you actually believe that emotional healing can help you receive your physical healing? Ask yourself if you struggle to feel confident that you're doing the right things to actually achieve wellness. And do you desire someone in your corner who can encourage guide and share their knowledge and experience with you? Well, if you answered yes to any of those questions, then we definitely need to chat. Please inquire at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into the episode. I love that. So what would you say for someone who is newly diagnosed um, and they just got the news and they're not sure which way to step. What would you say is like some of the important things to kind of put in place? Number one, I would say spend a lot of time praying. Um, and not just, I mean, yes, you know, God can handle your anger, your fear, your tears. Of course, you know, it's all through Psalms and Lamentations about people crying out to the Lord. But I would also say, also be still and quiet and listen to the Lord. So many times we're blah, blah, blah. And we're just, you know, dumping everything at his feet. And then we just finish our prayer. Amen. And we're not being in silence and quiet and the quiet, still voice of the Lord is, is you know, biblically, it says a lot of times, you know, it says he will tell you to turn right or to turn left. The Holy Spirit will guide you and direct you on which way to go. So number one is that 
Number two, I would encourage people to do what I just said is to find people who have a wealth of knowledge in like one of my favorite friends to talk to about supplements or pills is a lady who spent 25 years as a regular pharmacist in a hospital. And now she's been 25 years doing um, compounding pharmaceuticals. So she needs the best of both worlds. So on any kind of person that you want to listen to, I would want to listen to people who know both integrative and regular. So they know what they have a bigger toolbox. Basically, I would encourage them to find people who are like-minded. Like I know I could call you up and talk to you anything about health and wellness and you and I would be, okay, well, I read this. I heard this. Okay. And I would really encourage them to make sure there's science behind it. You don't want to go down the road of like, oh, there's a certain flower. And if you eat it three times a day, it's going to cure you unless there's really hard science. And sometimes it is hard because you're not going to, there's not enough money for the pharmaceutical companies to go into the natural world, right? Because they're not going to do double blind placebo controlled studies with a natural thing like bergamot, bergamot, because bergamot doesn't make them any money. There's no money in it. So you're going to have a harder time. So you're going to have to dig a little bit deeper to find the studies. And, you know, you have to find the people who have used it for years and seen results. It's one of bergamot actually is one of the things that got Dr. Keneally put David on as far as heart stuff. So, you know, you need to find, you know, information about things, but don't think you're going to find all the data on more natural approaches, if that makes sense. I would also ask people like you and people who have been through it and lived through it where and and not only what places are where they would recommend, but also um, maybe books to read like Chris Beat Cancer, great place to start, Dr. Keneally's Cancer Revolution. And also if it's a husband and wife, it's okay if one of them's a researcher and one of them's not. It's okay if one of them is overwhelmed and a deer in a headlights and one is not. Whoever wants to be the one, um, just come together. And like I, I, I said, is I like to warn couples, especially when they're diagnosed, a lot of times communication, really, I feel like, you know, if you believe in God, you know, you know, you know there's evil out there too. And when you're talking, Sometimes I feel like, cause you're both under stress or whatever, you know, yes, it could be that, but I've seen more than that. I've seen where, well, you said this, I said this, you said that. No, I didn't say that. I didn't mean, well, yes, you did. And communication that's never been a problem before gets to be problematic. And my husband and I agreed early on that there was something else going on. Totally. Some, some evils, you know, coming in there trying to throw a wrench in the gears. And I can't tell you how many couples that are cancer people and patients and their loved ones that they're like, oh my gosh, this is so helpful because we've noticed that and we just thought it was stress. And I'm like, yeah, you guys have been stressed by about money and health and other things before. This is different, mm. you know? And once you recognize it, you can sort of immediately recognize it and, you know, stop and just sort of regroup, you know, just take a few minutes and sort of let everything settle back down. Mm-hmm. 
Did you feel at any time that your husband wasn't going to make it? You know what? On the way his was, in, in our thinking, I feel like that is more his thoughts Mm. and his fears more than mine, you know, geek, I geek out on statistics and stuff like that. So a lot of people don't know, and unless I am incorrect, but you know, I I found this out is when they give a five-year survival and they say, you know, 50% or whatever of the people are here in five years. Okay. I did not realize until recently that the number that they're giving you is based on that patient not doing anything. Oh, I did not know that. That helped me immensely because I looked at it like, okay, with his, I forgot if it was 50 or 60% or something and at his stage. And I said, okay, then I said, okay, exercise decreases your chance of recurrence by 50%. Okay. So then I'm taking, let's say 50%. Now I'm going to 75, right? And then I'm saying, um, okay. And eating right does this oxygenating your blood does this doing SEAC does this doing vitamin C does this. And even if you can't afford an IV vitamin C, if you're doing the powdered and like Dr. Lodi, who's one of my favorite people to follow Dr. Thomas Lodi, he's an MD who used to treat cancer patients and realized, okay, we're doing this wrong. And then he became an ND, naturopathic doctor. He opened an oasis of healing in Arizona. And now he's opening up another one in um, Thailand and Bangkok, I think are the two cities. But he will say, sip it seven to seven. He says, put it in your water, sip on that vitamin C water, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And just drink it as your water. So, and he's, you know, tells you what kind of vitamin C to buy and everything. So I didn't think he wasn't going to make it. You know, of course, at times I I get like he does where it's like, oh, gosh, please don't ever come back. But like you, when I know what originally in my mind caused a lot of it was that root canal. Okay, we took care of that. Now, he doesn't have that bacteria in it anymore in his body. Right. Mm -hmm. So that helped me a lot. I, I try to look at things statistically and medically that will shore up my hope that he will be okay. Um, Like yourself. I mean, you know, you're doing all the things you're treating your body as, you know, a temple of God, your faith is strong. You're living in God's will. You're doing the things you're led to do. This podcast you're doing is amazing. You're letting people know you can have science and, you know, you can be a believer and also be scientifically minded, which a lot of people think, Oh, the Bible, it's not up to date. Mm. A lot of the things they used to do for patients in the Bible has been proven to be real. Oh yeah. And you know, where my son works, um, they have archaeological experts and they have um biological, like uh, bio like all kinds of biological do- uh, doctors and PhDs, and they're all believers. Every science you can imagine, they're all believers. Wow. So you can have, it's, it's complimentary because God created it. Yes, absolutely. I know a couple of weeks ago, I had Doug Kaufman on my show and it was just, it was, we were talking just like you said about cancer and the scientific means and research, but then he said, everything 
you know, is in the Bible and he read scriptures on fungus. Oh, and cool. how it's, I mean, really there's a scripture in, I believe it's second Peter it might be first Peter that he's given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Like he already set us up yeah. ahead of time for what we were going to go through. And one of my favorite scriptures, I think it's in Hosea. It says my people perish for lack of knowledge. And mm-hmm. so I really feel like more people need to like, like you and David did become your own advocate, your own researcher. Don't just depend on the doctor to lead you. You know, that's, that's not wisdom. That's not a good idea. Even Mm -hmm. if your doctor is world renowned, like our doctor was right. Mm -hmm. But our doctor is still human. Yes. Yes. And so I I love that. And I, you know, and so the results that David got is cancer free because Mm -hmm. the bull by the horn, you partnered with the Holy spirit, you became your own researcher and you applied all the things that you were taught and learning. And so Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And I think it's interesting. You also have to be pretty strong. Once you do your research, you have to be strong as far as your countenance when you're talking to people, because um, I will tell you when we had MRI, CT and X-ray when he was first diagnosed Afterwards, we had the surgical, oh, and also the GI report, okay, from the colonoscopy to say two inches. And then we had the surgical report, MRI, x-ray, and surgeon's statement. So we had a lot to show that it had shrunk from two inches to one inch, right? Mm -hmm. And I went into the doctor, and this is at a faith-based hospital where they did the surgery. And when we came in, we were there for the checkup afterwards and taking the tube out, the drain tube. And because this was um, done um, robotically. Mm. And so the doctor, I said, well, so what do you think about it? Shrink, you know, it's shrinking. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, well, it was two inches. It was five centimeters. And when you guys took it out, it was only 2.4. And he goes, well, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it's just the tumor or whatever. And I go, no, I remember you said it was really small and the surgical report said it was 2.4 and then the x-ray, whatever showed it was whatever. And then we had the other ones that were five and literally I was going down the rabbit hole without even, I got pulled into that vortex with him, but I said to him, <laughs> I said, are you, and he goes, well, those are just estimates. And I, and the ones before he said, cause he was believing what he saw. It was an inch, but he said that before it was just estimates. And I said, okay, so you're saying, and I, I was trying to be polite. I said, you're saying that the MRI, which was done in one by and read by one radiologist, a CT that was read at a different location in the hospital by another radiologist and the guy, the GI doctor who did the colonoscopy and also the x-ray tech, all of those people all measured it at two inches. And you're saying all of those were estimates. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he said, yes. Oh, and I thought, okay, cool. I, I feel like God gave me the moment where just keep your mouth shut. That's <laughs> So I just kept my mouth shut. So you have to know in your heart, you're doing what's right for you. David walked into that cancer center and he said, you know what I have, he was, he had already been to three, you know, the other two places when he went into the cancer center 
he felt peacefulness there. He felt like he was supposed to belong. Now, somebody else might have gone into the first one where they said six months chemo and felt this is where I need to be. But whatever way you go, have the strength in your own either prayer life, like Chris, he was told not to do cancer. Jackie, who I, you know, I told you it would be a good guest. She felt that it was one and done. She did one chemo and she felt like God told her no more. Mm. So it was one and done. Oh, I so love whatever you feel is where God is leading you, that is going to be the best medicine. So good. I'm so glad you said that. I am chatting with so many people right now and the, they're getting this Well, you need to do um, the six rounds of chemo every 21 days. And then after that, we're going to radiate you to death basically with 30 uh, mm-hmm. rounds of radiation. And then just in case, we're probably going to recommend a mastectomy and mm-hmm. probably to take out 10 or so lymph nodes so we can kill um, the cancer cells. Oh yeah. This is um, what I'm hearing. And to me, it, it is criminal. It literally. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've heard of people being stage zero, being told to have chemo stage zero. Oh yeah. I had that happen too recently to someone. Yeah. So I, if, oh my gosh, that that's part of why I'm coaching so much and I'm trying to um, really empower people to activate their intuition and faith and and listen to it because Mm -hmm. God gave us our intuition for a reason, but most people, the voice of fear rises up and they bow to that voice mm-hmm. over the Lord and over into their intuition. And, and so consequently the, the results aren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. So I, that's why I love working with people, um, maybe who just have a brand new diagnosis. And so, right. And, and also to let people know, if they don't know, Erica did a great job on, on my podcast. She was the guest on mine and I've had such great, you know, people saying, oh, I loved her episode. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, there, there's been about four, mm, Chris beat cancer. So Chris work, you, a guy named Ryan Peak, Jackie, there's been a few cancer survivors on and that are believers and just the way they felt like God led them to do or not to do something. I mean, that's why I called it don't ignore the nudge because it's the nudge from the Lord. Um, And just how God led them to go down the road that they were supposed to be on, you know? I love that. I know. Well, and what's funny about my episode with you is that I don't even think we totally dove into the whole cancer journey. Somehow it was all about how I came to know the Lord and this radical transformation that happened. And, and I know we did touch on the cancer, but I thought maybe the whole episode would be about cancer, but it it was, yeah, it was really good. Yeah. Well, and you know what? It's like, I always say we go where the Holy spirit leads us. We just go where God goes. And sometimes, you know, I always look at it like, if you're talking about your, you know, what you went through and what kind of got you to the diagnosis or whatever, and what you've, you know, how your faith has been there. I always look at it like somebody that was listening that day must have needed that. Mm-hmm. And that's where we just went where God led, yeah. you know, but, um, and, and the same thing with the other people I've interviewed a lot of times, you know, it it's more about either what happened before or that, or, but it's interesting how God uses all of these episodes of yours to just let people know that you can have hope and you know, there's not much hope out there. 
And so for you to be giving people hope and to give them the tools to use and the encouragement to keep on keeping on and, and being strong in their faith, I would not, I don't, I really seriously don't see how people go through this without faith in Christ. I really, really, and I'm not just being dramatic. I really don't because when you're afraid at night, my husband is praying with, you know, like if he's waking up in the middle of the night, I'm sure he's praying. If I'm waking up, I'm praying. If, you know, you reach out to other believers for, you know, support and to talk you down off the cliff and to remind you whose you are. Right. And, you know, that God's with you and, you know, you're going to, you know, it doesn't say, yay, though I stay in the valley of the yeah. shadow of death. It says, yay, though I go through it. Yeah. You, know, you are going to get to the other side. Right. And it's just when you're in the thick of it, you need to be reminded, okay, you're in the valley right now, but this is a temporary state. You know, this is temporary. So, and, you know, you're, you know, God's going to see you through, yep. you know. Yep. And you're living proof. So I love it. Oh, well, we just, we always say, you know, just, you know, I, I, we're, we're praying that God keeps him where there's no more, but I do know that even if, even if, you know, he ended up having it move around to a different part of his, I mean, God will use that in some, in some way, you know, I'll need somebody else we're supposed to talk to, or, you know, we're praying that we would rather just this you know, be done. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> but, over. You know, but I know, you know, there's different people in the Bible, lots of examples, you know, that God did certain things certain ways that you're like, okay, I wouldn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, you just put it in his hands and know he's the best one to decide. Right. Uh, I love your trust in the Lord. And I just I love how you are so supportive of your husband. And um I'm gonna interview my husband coming up because I, uh, it's been, it's been really hard on him, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially, you know, he's, he's more of like the conventional thinker Mm -hmm. and, you know, he, he's stretched. Yeah. 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 But I have watched God change him like never before. Like he, Mm -hmm. he, you know, and that's really what our trials are meant to do for us. Like they are God's training ground to train Mm -hmm. his soldiers. If we allow it. Right. And so can I share one thing about my mom that might encourage people? Oh, and really quick. I actually, my episode that's coming out on Tuesday, I spoke about your mom. I did. Yes. You have to listen to it. That's cool. Okay. Let me know where it's at. Um, no, I was just going to say like my mom, when she was going, she had breast cancer at age 51. I think it was 51. And then it came back um, a couple years later in her, um, she had breast cancer and then it went to her spine. And she used to always say that she felt that having cancer was harder on us girls because she said, when you have cancer, you're the one, you're going to the doctor, you're taking the pill, you're doing all the things, you're getting the treatment, you feel like you're doing something but the family members are kind of just on the side, sort of waiting, watching, waiting for the news, for the test, waiting for this, waiting for that, seeing where it's going, being encouraging, trying to be a cheerleader, trying to figure out what you're supposed to say to make people feel better or whatever. Um, and she thought it was harder on us, actually. Mm-hmm. So if you're out there, that is not unusual for people to feel that way. Um, but 
my mom's cancer came back and she found out later because she had always said, don't tell me what you think about prognosis. I don't want to know what your opinion is. I'm just going to live my life. And so they told her later that they thought she was going to live a year because I don't know how many places it was in her spine or hip or rib. I forgot where else it was anyway in the bones, but my mom lived 30 more years and died of something else. So she died of Parkinson's. So she was 52 when it came back in her bone and she died at 84 of Parkinson's. So she beat cancer Yes, and they thought a year and it was 30 years later Oh, and of, of something else. Right. Right. I love that. And I, I keep hearing that and that that's kind of what my episode is about is breaking the agreement with the prognosis that was spoken over you, because I keep hearing about people who rejected that. And they said, no, I'm, I'm not owning that. That's not mine. That's a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go and I'm going to live my best life. And they went on to live 20 mm-hmm. some years, 30 years uh, like your mom. So, and there was a young kid recently, they were going to do surgery. They told the family that he had um, cancer and it was some internal, I don't know if it was Colin, it was his young kid. And they were going to do some massively terrible surgery on him, but they went to a naturopath for a second opinion. And just like Kaufman, Dr. Kaufman, um, they did find out there was some fungus or parasites or something. And they did the treatment on him and he's fine. Yep. And he did not have cancer. That happens a lot, I think. Oh, lately I am literally, well, because parasites and fungus mimic cancer. So- mm-hmm. You might be the conventional world, you know, sees on the scan, it's getting, it's lit up, right? It could right. be inflammation. It could be the fungus. It could be parasites, but mm-hmm. we're told, oh no, it's just cancer. And so mm-hmm. then you treat cancer, you know, the it one wrecks your immune system. And then exactly. Oh, there's so yeah. many people that I believe are misdiagnosed. Oh my gosh. Well, mm-hmm. I would love to talk about the parasites thing. It is, it's something <laughs> that I'm working on, but everybody it, has them. Oh, everybody has them. That's crazy. And we, t- we compare notes at the cancer center. Like they, people are getting grossed out the first time and everybody's laughing, you know, cause it's like, yep, you know, uh, it's true. I know. I went to the hospital recently because I had a bacteria infection in my stomach, which I truly believe is because of parasites. Honestly, there's, there's no other way that I would have something like that. But I had said, you know, I, I believe this is from parasites and the doctor the ER doctor looked at me like I was crazy. And she goes, uh, were you out of the country recently? Oh and gosh, I, you're serious. Oh okay. yeah. And so she starts literally like kind of talking down to me, oh. talking me for even thinking that way. And I'm like, Oh, little do you know, doctor. <laughs> and yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, she's like, well, if it'll make you happy, I can take a stool test and it's not going to find if, if, the parasites, what happens is they go lay eggs in your organs and digestive tracts. It's not going to pick up in your stool. Yeah. So you, you have to do multiple things, but that's a whole nother subject. Book. No, no, no. I could go down that rabbit hole yeah. too with the yeah. para one and, and all the different things. Oh, yeah. And I remember the very, I, like I said, I did everything my husband did. So when he did it, I did it when they were trying to make him like do 21 day certain way of eating. We were already pretty much doing that, but we did it anyway. And we did the 60 day this and that, whatever. And, um, but I still remember uh, the first time, I mean, Dr. Keneally, it it was so funny. The nurse came in and um, she had just told us, you know, oh, I do a parasite thing. And and then my husband goes, well, I don't eat sushi. 
<laughs> and she kind of laughs, sort of sweet. And then she says, do you go out to eat? Well, my husband loves to go out to eat. And she goes, do you like to go out to eat? Or do you go out to eat? And he goes, yes. And she goes, trust me, you have parasites. Mm-hmm. And even with fruits and vegetables, if you say, oh, I'm vegan, it's still, you're going to yeah. have parasites. And the reason why we have more of a problem with parasites that people don't realize is the natural enzymes in fruits and vegetables are what create the, the compounds that kill parasites. So most of the population doesn't do a lot of fruits and vegetables, all the different kinds of fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. like, you know, bell peppers and eggplant or potatoes or, uh, you know, pineapple or whatever it is. So we're not eating those combos of food like they did years ago. So then the parasites can get more of be problematic and get bigger. And, you know, it's not like you're, you know, everybody's passing a three foot tapeworm, but most people, the majority of people out there, Dr. Lodi, I think he says he doesn't even test people anymore. He assumes they have them. That's right. I heard because that. every single person he's ever tested has had them. Yep. Um, and so in the United States, not just overseas. And so most people have, you know, more like roundworms and um, yeah, you pass it with the stool. So it's just, but the first time people pass it, they're just like, gosh, it's like, yeah, but it's better to have it out of you than in you. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But I just think going back to the, the spouse of somebody who's um, diagnosed is, you know, just try to hang in there, make sure that your faith is um, solid. So you're getting your cup filled up too. It's very easy to take your health and put it on the, on the shelf. You know, a lot of people whose loved ones get cancer, they end up getting a diagnosis of something a few years later because of the stress level being so high, cortisol going high, which makes your immune system crash. So you really want to do the things that you're supposed to be doing as a spouse to take care of yourself. Cause I did do that. I did put my, my stuff on a shelf is like, Oh, you know, I'll do mine later. I'll make my appointment later. Cause we were such in the throes of, okay, vitamin C do this, do that. And yeah, it's, it's just very easy for the spouse to get lost in the shuffle. And if it's a woman, if you're getting the thermography or if you're getting an ultrasound, or if you're doing stuff like wellness checks, things like that, you know, try to write them down and set an alarm. So you're still doing them because we're so we're women, we we tend to be more givers. And then, you know, you want to make sure you're here to enjoy when your husband's still here, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, you just want to make sure your health is on track too. Yeah. Such great wisdom. Well, well, thank you so much, Corey. Uh, it's fun talking to you. I could talk to you all day, but I you're, know, right? you have to do 15 part episode with me because <laughs> we could go down the fungus road. We can oh, go down the health and wellness. We can go down the TMAO and eggs. We can talk know, all these right? about faith and how yeah. God's been so good. But oh, so good. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Well, I know that God's going to give your husband many, many more years to fulfill his oh, purpose. Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, his, his main, his main thing now is he brings up his faith more. He's more quiet. So he brings it up more when he's talking to people, he's Ooh. encouraged some different friends that are not believers. And mm-hmm. so he's throw, you know, he's putting himself out there a little bit more and, you know, getting more in the word and doing more devotionals. And he's very open about, you know, that this was a good thing that it, it, 
it got his attention for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I wish more people thought that cancer is our teacher and it's preparation uh, for what God has for us in the future. And mm-hmm. if we allow it to be our trainer, it can only make us yeah. better and more aligned. Yes. God created us to be in the beginning, you yeah. know? And I heard somebody say the other day, instead of saying, why me, they should be asking what for. Mm. And I thought, oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Like what for, like, what can I use this and either learn or help others or, you know, what is the purpose instead of why me? One's very weak and one's very more like, you know, what am I, what what can I do with this? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. One's kind of like a victim mindset. Yeah. And then the other one is like so empowering. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because it's like, why is somebody did this to you? You know, right. you, somebody gave it to you, you know, and mm-hmm. it's not that as much as it is, you know, this is my reality right now. What am I going to do with all this? What am I going to do with the fear? What am I going to do with the pain? What am I going to do with my situation? What am I going to do with relationships? What am I going to do with my life? It's a very, it refocuses you in so many areas. It's, it's Mm. pretty fascinating when you think about it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. So good. Oh, well, thank you so much. We'll have you on. I'm sure, you know, people, so guests that I have on in the future um, or in the beginning, I should say, people are messaging me, oh, how so-and-so still doing, you know, so I'm sure, yeah, we'll have you on, you know, again, so we can tell everybody that, yep, he's still doing amazing. Yeah. And I should have you on again, because it's been a while and I could have you on again and say, now she has her podcast and maybe it was a nudge that had you start the podcast. So you can share about your nudge. Yes. (laughs) So your podcast is called Don't Ignore the Nudge with Yes. Corey Freeman. Okay. Yeah. It's just called don't ignore the nudge on Instagram. It's don't ignore the nudge podcast. And, um, I've done, you know, I've had some people that were kind of well-known, so it's sort of neat. And, uh, God brings me people in my path that I'm supposed to interview. It's crazy. It's crazy. So he's, it's his podcast. It's not mine. I didn't want to do it. I ignored that nudge for 14 years. I remember you saying that. Yeah. So yeah. In my disobedience, he, uh, used it to, uh, create a podcast. <laughs> I love it. He's going to get you whether, you know, be, if God's telling you to do something, you better do it. Cause otherwise it just, he gets a little bit louder as time goes on. Like you are going to do this. And I'm like, Oh no, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, you got to be obedient. Yes. That's everything. Yep. All right. Well, I'll make sure to link it in the show notes so people oh, can thank you. find you and listen to it. So All right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest. Oh, sure. It was great seeing you. And uh, I just wish that all the, I'll be praying for all the people that listen to this and all the people that are listening to your podcast on a regular basis, getting hope about healing and, and knowing, and I love that you're shining the light on where the healing is coming from. Right. Yes. You know, it's from him. It's all from him. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post it on social media, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. 
Remember this, anything worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.